interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Today, I am joined by doctors Samantha Gelman and Adeline Vadrar of The Secret Scope. I've been following them for quite some time now. I was always impressed at the combination of their medical expertise and their appreciation of beauty products and wellness. I'm super excited to have them on and to ask them all of the questions that I have been wanting to ask them that I'm sure you also are interested in hearing about, specifically um, being a female in medicine, what that's been like for them, how they decided to become doctors. Did they meet each other in med school? Was this something that they had dreamed of as children together? Uh, also, how they prioritize their time. So that's such a hot topic right now, you know, prioritizing time and routine. And for two women who are so incredibly busy, but still seem to have uh, a good balance. I was very curious to hear what their secrets are. And also, you know, COVID, they're doctors. Might as well take advantage of having that expertise and, and their knowledge and ask the questions that I think we're, we're all really curious to get more information on. So I'm excited for this episode and let's get into it guys being here. I have been listening to the secret scope. Like I think since your first episode, not, I, I fall off here and there because I just kind of run out of time, but I think I remember finding you guys on Instagram, like at the launch when you first like launched your first episode. And I think it was about anxiety or that was one of the first couple. And then you had another one about like hormones, I think it was. And I was just like, oh my God, I love these girls. First of all, they remind me of home because I'm from <laughs> coast, but they're also in LA. And how cool is it that you talk about health and wellness and beauty with the perspective of actually having, you know, a degree in medicine and being doctors, you're both doctors. That is so cool that you can still kind of toe this line of like appreciating, you know, some of like the, I guess, less traditional wellness aspects of kind of overall well-being and health, but also like have the actual credentials to speak on this. So I think it's so cool that you combine the two. And then what, I guess I'll start from the beginning. How, well, first let me introduce you. So Dr. Samantha and Dr. Adeline, thank you very much for being here. Um, how did the two of you meet? Did you meet in med school? Did you meet in residency? How did you meet? That's funny. We always talk about it. Adeline, do you want to hit this one? <laughs> yeah. So we go way back um, to about when we were like 14, 15 years old. We met in the area where we grew up. Uh, we had a lot of similar friends. And ever since then, we've been best friends. And that's pretty much it. We did go to medical school together. Samantha went first. And then she kind of like dragged me. I kind of like was holding her hand because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So she's like, just come, maybe you'll like it because I always loved medicine and I wanted to do something in medicine. And ever since then, it's just, that's how it's been. Wow. You are who my parents always wanted me to hang out with. Like, <laughs> it's, funny because, it's funny because if you hung out with us back then, you would never think. That yeah. Wanted. Your parents would not want you to hang out with us. <laughs> We probably would have been friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That is so cool that you kind of 
you were friends from an early age and then followed similar career paths because I'm sure it's been very challenging. So to have someone who understands not only what you're going through, but also understands you as a person. Exactly. Yeah. If it wasn't for Samantha, I don't know like what I would do when it was time to vent because nobody understands truly. They might think they they understand, but they don't understand what it's like to be in medical school, to be in residency. Like it's very stressful and you don't see what we see. So for us to be able to have each other, to vent to each other, I think that it's truly something special and that someone, like everyone needs to have that. Yeah, yeah and I also, we still do that. Like I still rely on Adeline, like all the time when people tell us things, I'll be like, um, what? They don't understand what we're going through. And we still like every month, something will pop up it'll be like people just don't get it (laughs) so lucky to have each other what made you decide you know I think individually you probably came to this decision but you know you said that Adeline that you had always had a desire to go into medicine where did that stem from um well obviously part of it is growing up with our parents you either you know we're uh Russian Ukrainian Jews So you either have to be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, you have to be somewhere in there. Um, And I just, I worked in a pharmacy. I didn't really like it much because I like action. So I guess just the fact that also volunteering in medical offices, I really liked it. And that's just why it drew me in. Yeah. And I'll, I'll second that too. I think like my mom's a pharmacist and I even asked her now, I was like, if you could go back in time, would you have changed anything? She was like, maybe I would have been a doctor or something, but you know, it's different. We're first generation Americans. So our parents, they came here and they went for whatever job was available at the time. Right. So at the time when my mom came, they're like, Oh, pharmacy is a good gig. You should do it. Um, But for us, we kind of have, our parents came here for us to have that opportunity. So I think really figuring out what we wanted to do was super important. And you didn't want to waste that opportunity that they had given you, I'm sure too. Right, exactly. The parents push helps, but I feel like at the end of it, when it was time to actually go to medical school, no one really pushed me. Like my mom even asked me like, are you sure? Is this what you want to do? Cause we went to the Caribbean. So it's also leaving your nest egg of being with your parents at home, you know? Yeah. I yeah. saw that university of Antigua. Is that what I, yeah. yeah. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so cool. How long were you there studying? Uh, for uh, it's, it's four years. It ends up being. I- you're there for two and a half. Two and a half there. And then you do two years uh, off the island. So it's four years total. So you graduate from AUA, but you only spend like two, two and a half years on the island. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. I love that you had that, you know, that kind of the support of your family, but also the push of your family to know that, you know, your, your parents were looking for an opportunity that they weren't given the way that you have been right. and to take that and to make something really great out of it. That's so cool. And to do it, even though it's hard, you know, so many people are like, Oh, I wish I was a doctor. Oh, it'd be so nice. But to do the work and to actually, you know, continue when it gets hard and, and to put in that time and effort. That's amazing. I love that. Um, been friends for a long time. What um, what do you think is a common misconception about med school? So you were saying like, oh, everyone thinks they understand, but they really have no idea if they're not in it. What is something that you find that um, maybe you roll your eyes at or sounds very cliche that we all think that we don't know? 
<laughs> Should um, I? Or like you... all of it. <laughs> I, you're already laughing, so I already know you know the answer. <laughs> I do, but you can go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, say it. <laughs> well, I think it, it's like other people don't understand what it is like to put in the hours. I, we've missed out on a lot of people's life events. I think that's one big one. And a lot of people take it very personally, but they it's hard to explain it to people because, you know, they say this thing like you make time for who you want to make time for. But like you just don't have time. Like I cannot explain it. And I don't want to say something's more important than others, but me getting rest is more important than doing certain life events because we're so exhausted. And Adeline and I talk about this all the time. And our friends still till this day, you would think that at this point they would understand still, they don't understand in certain circumstances. Yeah. It's tough. It definitely is tough. You have to figure out like a balance. Um, Also the balance has to be doing something that you enjoy and what you want to do, not necessarily what other people want you to do. Um, I think that's very important. And Rest is very, very important. And if I want to, for example, on my Friday night off, chill on my couch because I'm so tired from working all week, I think that let's say the next week when I'm like, okay, I chilled, I want to go eat somewhere with my fiance or something. And then it's like, oh, you're going out to eat, but you won't call me to hang out. Like we're venting to you right now. I just want to say, but that's a very big misconception that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it. You're so busy, but you can do, you know, if you wanted to, you would. And you're like, no, I literally have like, I have to make a choice between like rest and like helping people live or going to the movies that I don't really care about. Like you have to really prioritize that free time. I think that's something everybody can benefit from really at the end of the day is prioritizing, you know, your free time. You don't have to say yes to everything, even if you have the time, like, you know, I'm sure you guys don't have the time, but I think that kind of can cross over into everyone's lives in a way that, you know, just setting boundaries and sticking to your boundaries and not feeling guilty about that. If you want to stay in on a Friday night, but I I appreciate that, that you have to really prioritize. I think, you know, deciding to attend medical school and become a doctor, that is the commitment of a lifetime. Like I think everything else just kind of falls where it may. And that's just the reality of the situation, right? That is what you're dedicated to and what you're focused on. Uh, it's hard not to take it personally, I'm sure, for other people. <laughs> I just don't get it. Perspective. It's just, this can apply to any field, but it's like, for us, like, people will never understand how busy somebody else is. So it's just very important to kind of, at the end of the day, like, reflect on that. Maybe they are truly, uh, really that busy or whatever. So kind of like a balance of everything. So I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. Are your partners in the medical field as well so that they have an understanding of what your life is like? (laughs) Both of us have completely different situations. So my partner, yeah, he's also a doctor. He's doing internal medicine um, and I'm going on for fellowship. So even there, there's like some difference because their schedules are different now as opposed to when we were in residency. But Adeline's situation is completely different. Yeah, but he's super supportive no matter what, though. And I think that's something that I'm really grateful for. And even though he sometimes says he understands, I feel like, you know, even him saying that just makes me feel better, even though he doesn't yeah. understand. I'm just throwing that out there. 
and vents to me and my husband. Exactly. So <laughs> exactly. I think uh-huh. it's good for both perspectives. Like, you know, some people, people say like, don't marry in the medical field or someone in the medical field. And then other us, like we're in the medical field, we're like, well, we understand each other. Other people don't. So it's like all about perspective. I think if you have a good, solid relationship, no matter if you're in the field or not, it's going to work. This is yeah. very true. Well, that's cool. And I love that Adeline, your fiance also has your best friend and her husband to kind of like talk to and to get a better understanding. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, Do you find, and I'm sure you get this question a lot, but I think it's an important question. Do you find that it is more challenging to enter and succeed in this field as a female? Um, I think that the gears are shifting. Um, Why I'm saying that is because I can count more women attendings than male attendings. Um, I come from a residency uh, where each year is eight, Uh, spots and all of my year is females and it's the first time in I think ever that my residency program has all females in their year that's incredible yeah it's definitely getting up there what did they estimate and if on Medscape I don't want to quote it because I don't want to be wrong about it but I think it's like right at the cusp of like 50% women and 50% men. Now, when you start going into specialties, then that's a little bit of a different story. Like I'm in fellowship right now. I'm the only girl. (laughs) So just um, in like family medicine, internal medicine, even now OBGYN was initially like all male. Now my OBGYN was laughing. He's like, now it's like all woman predominant. Like I'm the minority. I'm like, okay. That's like the cliche is like the old white bald man who's your OBGYN. Yeah, he's the best. But like, you know, it's just the cultures are shifting and everything shifts. Even in medicine, it's like, oh, um, like what's hot to be now? Like one year it's GI, next year it's cardiology, next year it's something else. So that also kind of influences who's going to apply for what position too. So right now there's definitely, it's half and half. But as you keep subspecializing, it lowers a little bit, but now it's coming up again. Like, does that make sense? Slowly, surely we're getting there. Yeah, that's amazing. I love to hear that. I think it's so encouraging too, just for other women and and even, you know, young girls to see that and to understand that like, you can absolutely go into these fields. You can still have all the things that you want to have just in a different way. And I love that. Yeah. And so big on now more so than they ever were before so that's why that's opened a lot more opportunities that's awesome gosh I wish I could go back and do things all over again (laughs) we do too in certain things oh my goodness um so how did you guys come up with the idea for a podcast amongst everything else you've got going on and how did you decide to combine beauty wellness and medicine together so um It all started um, after I uh, graduated from medical school. Samantha was already in residency and we always spoke about doing something beyond medicine. Um, And we love beauty, health, uh, wellness. So uh, we started listening to podcasts and we listened to uh, the Skinny Confidential, Lauren Bostics, and I fell in love. I put Samantha on it. I know you know too. So um, we saw that. We didn't see anyone, just like you said um, earlier, how uh, there were no 
basically there's influencers who talk about wellness and beauty, but they don't have a medical background. And we saw that that was lacking. So we're like, this is perfect. We can totally jump on it and start doing it. And that's when the secret scope developed. Came to be. Yeah. Awesome. So you kind of saw a little bit of a gap in between the credibility and the desire to discuss that information. And you were like, let's kind of sweep in there and, and fill in that gap to that audience and we also want to make it like fun um and relatable to our lives and kind of like make it glamorized so that's kind of if you go on our page and you see we try to make it cute and attractive yeah and you do a really good job about that it has a very skinny confidential feel but with the credibility of you know your backgrounds which i think is really cool and it's very unique it's not something that i see very often um you know like you were saying there's so many wellness influencers and um you know advice being put out there that may or may not work for everybody so it's right. nice to hear that you know professional perspective on and i like how you niche it down too like your podcasts are always about something in particular whether it's anxiety or periods or utis or cardiovascular health or covid like i like how you kind of break it down and just get like to the point i think that's really helpful and it gives you i guess an outlet too to talk about things other than you yeah. know your school and your training <laughs> and stuff and so- talk like to other people in the field, like talk in more layman's terms, like more relatable, like I would be explaining to my patients, you know? Yeah. What is something that you hear often, you know, from quote unquote wellness influencers that makes you cringe? Well, like the, like the big one that we discussed, like recently, there was like this whole thing uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow and the SPF situation. Mm. Like, she, her dad is a physician. So it's funny, she created this whole brand, which is great. I used to listen to Goop and all of that as well. But the issue is, is that it's not necessarily medical, good medical knowledge, right? So the way she was applying her SPF, she was saying, apply it like here, here and here. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's not medicine, but you don't even, and a lot of people say, oh, you don't need to go to medical school to be a doctor. Okay, sure. You can Google it. But if you don't know what you're Googling, then it won't be accurate information you're receiving. And then you're spreading that information to millions of other people. Oh, oh there you are. you're there. <laughs> Hold on. My husband is calling me after I told him that we are doing this. Okay. Sorry. So and you're like spreading all this information to millions of people. And then that information becomes propagated further and further. By the time we've already revoked that that was wrong, it's already too late, you know? Yeah. yeah. So things like that. Yeah, that's a good one. And, I, you know, Googling, you usually Google to find the answer that you're looking for. So it's not like, you know, you're Googling for research purposes all the time. I think we have that bias in our heads and we're Googling to find the information that's going to confirm what we want to hear or what we've been told. So that's not always the way to go. Oh my gosh. Well, what do you think about, I've been hearing a lot about ingestible. I can't even like say it without laughing. <laughs> adjustable SPF. <laughs> I'm, I haven't heard of that. Like, thank God. Capsule oh my God. I shouldn't even bring it up because people are going to hear this and think they're going to go. Try it. No, no, no. I want to know about this. We should do an episode on this. There's the doctor from osmosis. He is Dr. Ben Johnson. Is that his name? And he has now it's an ingestible SPF. So you take like the supplement and it's supposed to give you the sun protection 
And I, I've heard about it from another company. So I'm afraid that this is something now that's catching on. So you'll have to let me know how we can. Definitely have to. Look <laughs> yeah. Unlike everything, though, even with our episodes, we always have a disclaimer at the end saying that whatever you hear or whatever we recommend, we still at the end of the day, even though we are doctors, we recommend that you go to your own physician and find out what works for you. And some of the stuff that we post, let's say it's um, a beauty product or anything wellness, if it works for us, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. So always want to put that out there. Yeah. So that everyone Even if those like supplements or whatever, ingestible gummies are like a thing, like it's probably some vitamins. It's probably like vitamin C or something like that, which are no have like, SPF type properties, even with that, there would be no way that someone will recommend that as the sole thing to protect you from the sun. They would still tell you, you should still wear your SPF though. <laughs> like, right. that, that's the other thing is like, as physicians, we, because like physicians get sued left and right for things they did do, that things that they didn't do. So like, we always have, we know, we have to be self-aware that even we make mistakes, right? We're human beings. And even like people who like learn this information for years and years and years, but also at the same time, other people who aren't in the field, they don't have that sense of responsibility necessarily because they've never had to deal with the consequences of those actions. So I think that's also the other thing of people just giving out medical information without having the medical background. Yeah. So you got to, wow, that's crazy that that's a thing. We're totally going to look that into that. I don't know why we don't know about that. I know. It's actually, speaking of this, um, I was scrolling earlier today. I didn't get a chance to actually look into it, but I saw an, an Instagram ad for a toothpaste that's vitamins. I don't know how it works, what it is, but it's the same concept. And I want to look into these two things. And still, <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think, you know, it, there's just such my, the way I approach these things is I look at it as what is being sold here? Is this a product? This is a marketing gimmick. Like I really, I think just 90% of what we are seeing on, especially on social media and targeted ads and things like that. I mean, it's just, there's just so much marketing yeah. nonsense out there. Like I'm sure, like you said, certain vitamins can provide an element or a layer of sun protection, but not to the extent that it's going to prevent you from getting skin cancer, wrinkles, you right. know, a sunburn. So yeah, I think we always have to be so, so careful. And to your point, even someone with the, you know, highest level of knowledge and, and training is still only human. So everything needs to be approached from a very individual perspective and, you know, with your doctor, with yourself and all of that good stuff. With but, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for just spelling that. I have some <laughs> issues with, I don't know. I, I used to love goop and then I don't know, Gwyneth Paltrow gets me when she talks about being healthy, but still like drinking and smoking. And I'm like, <laughs> I get it, the balance, but like, that's just, I don't know. I feel like sometimes that gives people the okay to go do those things and think that it'll just be counteracted by taking some vitamins the next day on their taste. <laughs> like you can do what you want to do, but don't promote for everyone to want to do it. Like, I love the stuff that's on her Goop podcast. She gets people on there. Like, I like listening to it because it stands kind of for what we stand for, the health and wellness and all of that. But at the same time, if you're going to say something, at least fact check yourself yeah. or make the mistake, apologize. Yeah. Or just disclaimer. Apologize? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I doubt like it. we 
we even have a question like on our board exams, there's like questions that say like, if you make a mistake, what do you do? And it's like, tell your patient you made the mistake. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're bound by that honesty and that integrity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I will say that Gwyneth Paltrow's book, The Clean Plate, her cookbook is one of my favorite go-tos. So if you're ever looking for a really good, like clean, simple, group of recipes like that's the book that has all like the stains all over it because I'm always using it in the kitchen and it's like all <laughs> wrinkled <laughs> that's awesome. I'm sure she has some good stuff yeah, out there one of my favorites um so what would you say that you are seeing more commonly in women these days is there anything that you're seeing like trending in terms of health issues or health concerns that maybe we can be a little bit more mindful of in terms of like preventative measures preventative measures i'm thinking I'm which thinking. huh i'm i'm also thinking well, i think it depends what um area you're in like for example i'm uh, doing residency in an area where they have like charity care people basically those who don't have insurance so it's a little bit um like it's sad to see that some uh, some patients, they don't have the same healthcare that a normal person does. So coming in for a regular, let's say pap smear might be a little bit, it takes a little bit of time, even though it's like something that can be screened, detected and cured. It's just some of them aren't even aware what a pap smear is. So it depends where you're located, I think also. Yeah, that's and also like the whole preventative thing, there's a lot of stuff that you could do. I think we actually did like an episode, like on all of it. So for men and women, some of them are similar and some of them are like additives to each um, sex. So for example, like women should get breast cancer screening and pap smears, like Adeline was saying, those are preventative measures that the problem is, is that a lot of people in society just don't believe in them or they're scared they're thinking it's some tactic to get for like some doctors to get people in like I know that because even in my own family I have that this old school like cultural belief that doctors are out to get you or something right they're gonna find something so they can charge you (laughs) yeah I'm sure there's you know there's always people who do that right so I'm not knocking it but preventative care is a real thing right if you get your mammograms you can potentially, if they find the cancer early on, that would have been a complete different scenario if they found the cancer in stage four. So same thing with colonoscopies. Like I had to force my grandfather to go get a colonoscopy and he was just not trying to do it. <laughs> and then he did it. I was like, see, that wasn't that bad. Like it's not that bad. <laughs> But like now, you know, doesn't that give you a peace of mind that like now, you know, okay, I'm good, I'm clear. And hope like if something happens, things could obviously happen in between, but hoping that nothing will happen. And I don't know, it makes us feel better. But I think that's more of a millennials and Gen Z type thing. And the generations before us kind of got lost in that. And it's a layer of self-care in a way too, you know, continuing to go for those routine examinations and, and make that a priority and not just kind of put your head in the sand and hope everything's fine until it's not. Because like you said, if you catch something early, there's a much easier course of treatment versus later down the line. And you're like, Oh, I wish I had known I would have done something about it. And it's like, well, you, you could have known, but you just chose not to make your care a priority. So I think that's really important. I think 
especially like younger people, younger women. Well, I feel fine. Nothing's wrong. Everything. I'm not trying to get pregnant. You know, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. So I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't need to go to the dentist. I don't need to do all that, but it it's really important and it's really beneficial in the long run. So I'm glad you highlighted that. Yeah. That's it's always easy to avoid something when there's no issue. Like I have clients who are like, well, I'm always really good when like something goes wrong. Like if they get yeah. or they feel like they get sick or something, then all of a sudden they're on track. But when things are good, that's when I lose them. <laughs> they fall off and they're like, I don't know what happened. And I'm like, you have to stay the course when things are feeling good too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I do want to ask you, so obviously hot topic, COVID, the COVID vaccines. Um, I have, I hear, you know, from other people around me about cardiovascular issues, blood clots. What is your communication on that? What are your feelings on that? What do you want to say kind of on that for anyone who's afraid to get that shot or is reading articles or studies about cardiovascular issues or blood clots? If you could just speak to that from your experience a little bit, I think that would be helpful. So I think Adeline and I are very transparent, like on this topic. I mean, in the beginning, we were scared too, right? Now, I don't want it to be like, oh, they were scared. Their doctors don't get the vaccine. No, but you know, that's something new. It's something out. I'm a human being. Like, obviously we're going to be scared and we're also scared to get COVID. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. So for me as a physician and someone in healthcare, they didn't force us to get the vaccine or anything like that, especially like in the beginning, it was more so because it was still kind of trialed then too. It was more so here, you have access to this. This is a way that you can protect yourself. These are the studies that have been done. It's so-and-so percent effective. So I was like, okay, well, that's a pretty good percentage for me to think about doing the vaccine instead of getting COVID, right? Because it was going to be one of one of the two options. The likelihood of me getting COVID would be very high because we're in ICU and we're seeing these patients. So having the vaccine, once I got it and I didn't really have side effects, it kind of gave me like a sense of relief. Like I felt that I could go see these patients and not have to worry about my safety or my family's safety as much. Mm-hmm. So I think that was really the major thing for why I got it. Now, other people will be like, okay, well, you don't know the long-term effects, but we don't know the long-term effects of anything we do, right? The plastic water bottle people drink from, they don't know the long-term effects. The cocaine they do on Saturdays, (laughs) well, we know the long-term effects of that, and we still continue to do that. (laughs) So, or like smoking cigarettes, like we know lung cancer, same thing. So it's like, if we're really gonna put it head to head, then the people who say that should be the healthiest people on the planet. Now, at the same time, if you don't want to get the vaccine, I also understand it. You don't have to, but then you have to do your due diligence so other people don't get in trouble, right? If you're not getting vaccinated and you're out there and you're doing whatever you want to do, and then out of nowhere, these variants come out, that's why these variants happen because we're out there doing whatever we want. We're not vaccinated. So someone else is getting a super strain of COVID. And then that's how this turns into a problem where all of us now have to get boosters probably. So it's kind of like when you think about whether you want to get the vaccine or not, don't only think about yourself. Think also about the people around you and who it may affect. If you don't care about the person across the street because you don't know them, that's fine. But do you care about your grandfather, your grandmother, your aunt, your uncle, your mom and dad? Those are the people you need to think about. So that's my take on that. 
Thank you. But the classic stuff, Adeline maybe wants to jump in. <laughs> Please. I think you got that one. <laughs> you, want, you want me to talk about that? Well, it's very quick, honestly. Um, in terms of the clots, it was with uh, Johnson & Johnson, right? And how many cases was it? I want to say it was six to eight. It was a while ago, so I don't really remember. Yeah. But it was out of like 7 million doses, only six to eight people got those clots. Now, I also think it, it's like with the vaccines in general, there are side effects. It's a form, it's, you know, it's an injection. It's like any type of injection, you go and get a cortisol shot, it would be the same thing. There are side effects, right? You can have a localized uh, infection like cellulitis, you can have fever, whatever. Like I had a reaction to my HPV vaccine. I had no reaction to COVID. So I, it's, that's the thing that people need to realize it's amplified more so because it's COVID, you know? So people like get super excited on that topic. And, but if you really put it head to head, all of these vaccines have very similar side effects for the most part. Now, um, the, the other thing is what's happening now with the myocarditis. It's, yeah, it's a side effect that initially, when I first heard about it, I actually knew someone and they told me that they knew someone who got that. And I was like, well, you know, it's actually possible. And they're like, oh, well, they're saying there's no way it's possible. I mean, no one can say there's no way it's possible that it didn't come from the vaccine, right? It's the same thing that we could say that about the illness as well. But then um, it came out that this is a side effect, the myocarditis and all of that, and even pericarditis with the virus itself. And the reality of it is there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Most of us will be fine. But yeah, do you think that you're going to be that one in 8 million that this happens to? That's kind of also what it comes down to. Knowing your history, knowing your family history, and thinking, understanding that I'm less likely to have that happen to me. Mm -hmm. That one case isn't going to make or break whether I should get it because we also don't know the long-term effects of COVID, except for lung fibrosis and that sucks yeah. so yeah Thank you I appreciate that I always laugh I had a boyfriend when I was in college and I he wanted to quit smoking and we both did actually and I was like well butrin really works it helps you cut back on smoking this is back in like the yeah, yeah. 90s and he, he wouldn't do it because he was like I don't know the long-term effects of well butrin and I was like well the long-term <laughs> effects of a pack of camels a day is going to kill you so yeah it's all relative <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> Just do what you think is right and what's going to protect you and your family. And I think that you can make decisions in life, period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, health is so individual and you, I mean, no one, no one can force you to do something, you know, against your will really, but there's a lot of information out there. And I, I, I hope that people you know, get their information from reputable sources and credible sources and really think hard, whatever decision that happens to be and make the decision that's right for them. You know, I, I exactly think that's the most important to really understand why you're making that decision and to make the right decision. So thank you for speaking on that. That's such, you know, obviously a question on everyone's mind and continue. Yeah. Fire topic. Exactly. <laughs> What do you, are you seeing a trend? I, I, you know, I hear and read that the, the trend of the severity of, you know, COVID has gone down. So people are coming into the hospital, they're not dying. Is that what you're seeing for the most part? Because they are vaccinated. So the vaccinated, you know, individuals who are getting infected are having less severe symptoms and recovering more quickly. 
Um, actually, it's a mix, um, but majority are unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of dying, it's definitely less. There mm -hmm. are still deaths. I don't want to say that someone with COVID um, who's unvaccinated will go into the hospital, be there, and then walk out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Yeah. So it's still out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like a lot of the people who are getting in out are the younger people because during quarantine, nobody was out. Mm -hmm. So it affected a, a bunch of the elderly population, which obviously they get more sick because they have a bunch mm -hmm. of conditions. But again, there are certain young people who have underlying conditions that they don't know about that we didn't catch yet. Mm -hmm. And you never know what's going to happen. So a lot of younger people are getting it, but you know, everyone's out and about and doing their thing and it was summer and I don't blame them but no. that's gotta be extra cautious and extra careful yeah I have a lot of family in Florida so I see all the young kids yeah. at the and... you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what tips do you have I know a lot of people are now starting to travel a little bit more and they're getting that bug it's fall like fall in New York is beautiful it's nice to go there when you're from LA um, but I see people going to like Capri and to Greece and there's a, there seems to be like the itch to get out because we've been cooped up for so long and yes being vaccinated I'm sure gives people a, a level of um, security in, in not getting sick what are your tips for keeping your immune system high and supported when you are traveling um so it comes back to still continuing to take your vitamins, um, take your doses of zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, um, obviously still hand sanitize, wash your hands, wear masks when you're in public. That's what it really just all comes down to. Um, you have to protect yourself and like Samantha said, the ones that you are around. I've definitely, um, been hearing a lot about increasing vitamin D and Q certain and zinc and C. I do the liposomal kind of C packets before COVID. I haven't traveled since, unfortunately, but um, I was doing that anyway because I would always get a cold on the plane. Like without fail, I always got sick after I was on a plane. So those helped me at least. Yeah. Good to know. I, I hope everyone stays safe when they are traveling, but <laughs> I get it. The urge is strong. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We all have that urge. Like uh, we're knocking it. Just be yeah. mindful. Yeah. Oh, we're so careful. Um, so on to a little bit of a more fun topic. What is your top, your favorite beauty product or resource? Well, oh resource. God. There's so many. Okay. Yeah, well, tell me all of them. <laughs> What's that book, the skincare Bible that we both read? That's a good resource. Like, oh, start. yeah, I'm like looking around because I had it somewhere. That I'm in the, good. I don't know. I don't remember the author. The skincare um, Bible. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. it's a book. It's super quick and easy yeah. to read. It's a nice, like intro. Okay. I think I've seen it. I, I think I've seen it in, I have a lot of esthetician friends and I feel like they have it on their shelves. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a starter kit and very easy to read for anybody. That one's really good to start with for sure. Um, sorry, what was the uh, other part of the question? Um, like, beauty product or resource? Since you guys kind of toe the line between medicine and fun wellness beauty <laughs> <laughs> products too. <laughs> so I'm like literally this, this is the Jack Black lip balm. Like you could see that I picked it up right away. It's yeah. always next to me. I always have to have my lips like 
moisturized something has to be on it there's spf in it like look i'm already ready to <laughs> i have a new one actually in my mailbox this is amazon order number 15 i'm not even joking you know what's funny? Uh, my husband uses that like i bought that for him for his face it has like spf and moisturizer together in it also bomb i don't i think this is a men's men's it's for men's men's line i, so I don't know amazing. i just this stuff like i've gone through so many like nivea what else is there um actually the summer fridays one um the one before they rebranded that one was good but it's just it was very sticky so applying it from their previous tube i just i wasn't feeling it yeah. but this stuff magic um dr black jack did you say jack black yeah <laughs> jack black. okay <laughs> I should know, like, I'm like looking at it. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. I love that. It's always good when you, when you're buying something again, like when you actually finish a product, you're like, okay, that was, that was good stuff. I mean, that's a keeper when you're like squeezing out the last little bit. <laughs> and we've good gone products. It's insane. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, I'm a fan. I'm to think I just like when the seasons change, my skincare like has to change. I noticed that even though I want to hold on to a product, I see that something is not working. Mm. Or it's like if I try a new sample of something, my skin starts liking it and it doesn't go with the other products that I'm working with. So it's like I shift up and down. But I actually, we recently recorded, I'm trying to stop myself because I'm also like an addict, like I'll go on Sephora. I'll like put a million, bye, th- bye. <laughs> I'll put a million things in my cart and then like, I'll go away. I'm like, no, I don't need it because I really don't need it. I already have so much. <laughs> right. It's so much fun. No, that's crazy. Yeah. So, but whatever, we talk about this all the time. We go back and forth. When you travel, your skin changes. Everyone just needs to find what works for them and when it works for them. Because like, look, your seasons in New York, you have four seasons. In Cali, yeah, you kind of have them. They're like mellow four seasons. So right. the skin changes much. But every time I fly home to New York, my skin's completely different in New York for the three days that I'm there. I have to change my whole routine. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Oh my gosh. This was so great. Thank you so much for being here. Where can everyone find you? Where can they listen to your podcast and and learn a little bit more about the products and the advice that you've got? Well, so you guys could find this basically on every podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, a bunch of them. And you can also find this on our website, www.thesecretscope.com, Instagram at The Secret Scope, Facebook, Twitter, even though we don't really use it. But if you guys have any questions, concerns, or anything like that, you could always reach us on any of those platforms. You can also email us at thesecretscope at gmail.com. Yeah. And Pinterest and TikTok. I don't know if you said that. Yeah, we're on literally everything. So that's why I can remember because the growing now there's a clubhouse, there's this, it never ends. Are you on Clubhouse too? We were for a bit. Right now we're taking a breather. It's too Thanks. much. I know. I was like, I can't keep up with all of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. So the secret scope everywhere, basically. That's your yeah. handle. Okay. So I will also link all this in the show notes and some links and um, your Instagram, your website and all that good stuff. And maybe some of the products that you mentioned too, because I need to go get myself a tube of that. I think yeah. I just ran out my Elizabeth Arden. I, eight so hour I should have been more prepared for the products because I'm telling you, I have so yeah. many. I'm like, yeah. I know that I have favorite ones. Maybe we'll do a separate episode exactly. on just products. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. I appreciate you jumping in right after work, jumping in before you go to bed. I This has been so much fun. I've been a follower for a long time. So it's an honor to have you girls on here. And I just love talking to cool, intelligent people. So thank you. Likewise. I'm so happy that you finally have a podcast. <laughs> you did one when we started one. Yeah. We have been following you as well. So yeah. very happy for you as well. Thank you so much. And we hope to do more stuff in the future. We should probably do swap episodes too. So that'll be Ooh, great. Yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. Let me know anytime. I, we, I feel like we've got another couple hours at least of things to talk about. Yeah, sure. Cool. Sure. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your evenings and we'll talk soon. Thank, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to rate and review and also follow along on Instagram at holistic.w.kristen. And I will see you soon.